Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio. This is Garage Days. Underproduced. Tell me about it. And over the top, I am your host, Arch Madness. And joining me in the garage for this episode. And I was just reading an article about him today in Guitar World. He is the lead guitarist for one of the hottest young rock bands out there uh, from the band South of Eden, Justin Young. What's up, my brother? Hello, sir. Uh, How are you? It's about damn time, Thank right? you for having me over. It's about damn time. It is about damn time. Well, here's the thing. You're here all the time. We just never... I really, am always here. We, yeah. just never, <laughs> we just never record it. I've been here... Uh, this is a couple times here. Yeah, in man. The last couple of weeks. It's a yeah. good place here. You got here the Hawk's Nest. Appreciate you. It's you, wonderful. I gave you a uh, a Browns. Yeah, I got my uh, new uh, Browns helmet mug today that yeah. you've been holding on to for a while, and I appreciate that uh, you gave with, it to me with our old owners. Uh, as far as uh, over at uh, Q and stuff, uh, they put me over at the sports station to disappear. Full disclosure. And uh, okay. so I was at this sports station for a little while and we became the Browns, uh, you know, one of the one of the affiliates or something like that. So anyway, I got okay. a bunch of Browns so you got stuff. The Browns gear. Yeah, man. I mean, hey, if you have any other leftover Browns gear, I do. You want to throw I think my way, you, I do. Just every every once in a while when you need to give me like a, you know, birthdays come around, it's like, gosh, I don't want to spend anything on that. Oh, that's right. That, that guy just kind of <laughs> throw, throw a free <laughs> Browns thing his way. I think I've, I think I've got a trucker hat and a bottle yeah. opener in there yeah, somewhere. Somewhere in there. So, but no, dude, thank you so much. We've been wanting to do this for a while. Absolutely. But uh, long story short, here we find ourselves. Here we are. It's all and good. And not a better uh, day than this. It's beautiful. Uh, Flight it's Pattern perfect. Bob? Flight, Flight Pattern, Pattern Bob is over here to, uh, that would be my uh, left. Stage. My Louis. Yep. Yeah. That's Stage. about my nine o'clock. That's, yeah. that's about three for you, Arch. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, you, you, I probably could have said this in the intro. But I didn't want people to get kind of, you know, like the wrong impression of you, Justin. But, I mean, you are uh, a member of the Insulator Gang, the Pataskala uh, faction. But uh, I am, uh, in <laughs> fact, the, the, I am the newest. I'm still officially the newest member, right, of the Insulators because Tommy has yet, he's been out here. He has yes. officially come out to the Hawk's Nest, but he has not uh, brought his Insulator yet for his first official Insulator I meeting. felt kind of bad. So Tommy McCullough, the South of Eden drummer, was here, uh, you know, about a, it was less than a week ago. We were yeah, hanging yeah, out yeah. here at the Hawk's Nest, and I asked him, you know, it was kind of made reference to insulator, but that's actually someone who insulates. <laughs> yes. Tommy does, not, does does insulate on the on the side for, for you know, paying the bills. and Right. Uh, he, not, he took it as a, oh, it does, you, what, you guys do uh, insulation work? Right. Because I, like, I, I do like, insulation work. He went straight in. He was going full-blown business mode. But he, he said <laughs> uh, he didn't know, actually, is what he said, that, is basically just this fictional uh, gang of fifty-year-old uh, suburban dads. <laughs> it's just kind of, we have a gang, and we and wear you know insulators. What? We, have, we all have a you know you know fifty-year-old you know insulator dad somewhere <laughs> in us, right? Uh oh, but I'm, I'm I hope you. not. So here's the deal, and I was thinking to myself, how can I? How do I want to do this? It's like, well, when did you first play guitar? You know, I'm oh. trying to figure this out, Justin. But I do want to tell the story because I want to document it. Uh, for Columbus rock fans, and, sure. and this is this is a fun journey that you and the other guys are on right now, and that's why I kind of wanted to catch this, uh, especially before the summer started. I'm before all for it, man. I so, appreciate it. So the way I worded this original question was, uh, do you remember? Oh, you have notes. Do you? Well, it, it's not. Look, dude. That's, hey, that's well, okay, not okay. You only really, okay. Good, good. It's really, really not much. Well, I just but here's the we thing. gotta have a little bit of room for in, uh, you know interpretation. Uh, oh, absolutely, and, 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 absolutely. Know. Uh, we'll riff like jazz musicians. Yeah, we, we need to. But what I wanted to do is tell the story, and that's why the only notes I have, Justin, are just 
because I want to make sure that I do this in the proper order. So let's just talk about, let's talk about you and the first <laughs> moment when you thought, I want to play guitar. That's, okay. how I, that's how I went into the, to basically, when did you start? Okay, sure. Are you taught? Are you, did you learn yourself? I mean, you know what I mean? All that. As far as that, all that good all stuff. That, yeah. So it's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, oof. So I'll start with this. I started off playing um, the drums because when I was in fifth grade, um, I went to a new school and I moved to Johnstown, which ironically is where Tommy is from, but I was in a grade with his older brother. So Tommy and I met way, way out of school. I'll save that for later. Um, But I was really into the drums because my uncle um, on my mom's side was a drummer. So I would go over to, you know, your thanksgiving gatherings and you know memorial day cookouts and all that good stuff and i'd walk in and my uncle would be playing like subdivisions on his drums like with the you know back you know just music blaring and basically the coolest uncle ever Uh, right hello uncle john uh shout out to john randall so he really got me into um music and into drums that way so i'd go over there and just watch him wail and note for note play these killer insane rush songs where i'm like first of all that ain't easy that's right i'm like watching watching him do this and i'm like well that's a human right that's playing this you know song too to another you know this neil pert guy that's like yeah i would go on to learn about you know being the god that he is and um so anyway i got into the drums that way and that led me to when i got to johnstown i got into their band and you know the marching band did the whole snare drum the whole thing um, and you still haven't picked up a guitar at this point? No, I got my first guitar when at some, I was seventh grade. So I would have been, okay. Um, all right. All right. Like 12. Okay. So, so it was, yeah, so it was young, but I did, I had the couple years of drums where I actually had a, I had two drum sets before I had the little, you know, uh, $50 <laughs> Sears, you know, right, right, let, let's right, see right. if he, whatever, you know, and then they invested some money into my dream which i will say that my parents always did which was awesome where they they really pushed me um you know they didn't really push me to do music but once they realized i was inspired by it they tried to foster that yeah Yeah, man for sure um i was very lucky in that in that sense and then my my dad so he played guitar and was playing guitar around this time and was picking up and learning how to play like aerosmith songs and your acdc songs and things like that so he would always have those, you know, those records on, and he'd be jamming them on his guitar, and he actually was a lefty. So Uh-oh. when I picked up, and it was weird, because Hook. he had, because Hook. he, right, 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 he had the Fender Strat white, like Hendrix, like oh, left-handed no way. guitar, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So like, fe- like Hendrix style, I picked it up, and I was like, that feels weird, flipped it right-handed, and I was like, try. I was doing little like one note riffs on like the low E string of his left handed guitar right. backwards. So then I he was like, okay, he's picking up guitar a little bit. And then he got me an, um, you know, another, you know, hundred dollar Epiphone Les Paul that I still have today. You still um, got it, man. I still, yeah, I still, I, I, I lost one guitar, which again we'll get into that later, which I'm very upset about. Um, but yeah, that's that's when so that's when it started and wow off we go and then off we go yeah so lessons taught I mean what, what it start so started off with lessons for for really just a couple of 
I want to say really a couple of months. It might have even been like a couple of like definitely more than a few weeks, but no more than probably two or three months. Like at a time, I would def I would go on and then I'd kind of take that information and I'd go away with it. And then I might run into a little bit of a, you know, a, a brick wall or something and then go back, you know, for a month and then go run with that for a while. And then eventually that fizzled out to just playing a lot on my own. Did you did you wait a while before you started a band, or was that something that you immediately hopped into that? You're, you're talking about playing alone, but I mean. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have a band until I was out of high school. Okay. All so right. I played. Well, you were a loner. My, yeah, I played by myself a lot. Um, so when, when I was in middle school, I was still into the drum. I was kind of like doing both. I was doing drums and guitar. And when I was in Johnstown, there was a kid that was in my grade um, his name was Brent Lambert, and he his dad was Chris Lambert, who was the guitar player at the Shadowbox Live for like a really, oh, really yeah, long time. And Brent is actually their guitar player now and has been for like a couple of years. So he, we were in the same grade, and I was playing drums in like the talent show shit right. while he was playing guitar. Um, Did it help you at all, man? You think? I mean, is that is? I mean, how could oh, how could sure. that correlate? I mean, I mean I don't drum, know, but so it, drums. The the best part is is that you get your rhythm down first, so you learn a sense of time immediately. So that's like time is not really, in my opinion, something that can be taught. You really, really right. have to. It has to be somewhat inside of you, if that makes sense. And if well, you it does, yeah, for sure. You can you can once you you realize somebody has it and you do have it then you can teach, you can start going way, way down, you know, into this new road and, and long road, and you can start learning from it and learning new, you know, new things no, and I growing with it. But Now, I don't want to, and here's the thing, this is where I'm going to kind of need you to help me help you tell the story, because I don't want to get, I don't want to get out of order here a little bit. Now, you've known Tommy for how long? Because so I, I want to get into Tommy. when you go to school. I want to talk about yeah, yeah, that yeah. and everything, but yeah, I don't yeah. want to skip no, anything. No, no, no. So, so, so Tommy, I, I've known for, he was 15 going on 16 when he auditioned for my first band, Plain Old Henry, with Joe Veers' two sons, Bob and Glenn. And Joe Veers was on the show last yeah, week. Last and, week? Okay. Yeah, but he, okay. he we talked about, off off the air even, we, we were talking about you and you, okay. how oh, you yeah, grew yeah. up. You, you all grew up together me. and... Everything. Yeah, that's that's a neat story. What a great family! Huh? Oh yeah, oh my god. I mean, the best. I mean, that's we go into that, and that's even jumping a little bit ahead. But um, I mean, Joe Veers and his studio and his you know graciousness, like bringing us in, you know, because like we were all kids still. You know, Bob was the oldest, but you know, Glenn when he was in the band or when he joined the band, because I started the band with um, a rhythm guitar player that I was in high school with and he went off to college and that so it was right at the tail gotcha. end of high school when we came what out. year are we talking there this would have been 2011 okay um and so started the band with Bob and him we had a, found a drummer and a singer um who were in another band and we basically stole them we were like hey you're, you're both way better than your other two members sorry that's the way that that went down and when um Alex homie original rhythm guitar player that I started the band with went to school and he was in the military was doing higher things right and um we that's when Glenn joined the band it was just a natural fit so um yeah so Joe we, we were like I said we were a lot of us were kids and obviously two of the guys were his kids so we'd go in there and he I mean it was 
you know, off the books. I mean, he and, was and doing talk, it out of uh, love yeah, for us for you know, because that's the type of guy he is. He you is. know what I mean? And, yeah. then, and then the, the, what I learned while I was in there, you know what I mean? I grew, I feel like I grew up in that studio really because I, not to the extent, obviously that the Veers boys did, but just in the sense of that was my first studio experience. Yeah. So for the rest of my life, I'm going to be judging every studio experience off of the first one because it was so good. Who has it that, Justin? So, Who has that growing up? Right, I mean, that's, that's, the, I mean, that's, that's an that's, advantage that you're going to have from here on out. Absolutely. So, <laughs> and that's, I mean, that makes and a I've, lot of sense. I've said it to this day that I, and I've been you know really lucky to work with uh, some really awesome engineers and Grammy award-winning producer, engineer, and I can say that every every one of the guys that I've worked with has been awesome, and I would work with all of them again. Um, but there's just something about Joe, you right. know what I mean? No, Especially I just for me, it's I he we he, we speak a language, and when you as a musician, when you meet somebody, when you have somebody, especially an engineer, who just understands you and everything that you're going for and the work and you're just communicating. It's so valuable. And I, and you know, Greg was the same way. He was awesome. It was, but then I just, it's just kind of one All of right, the Save the Greg talk. I go back to, you yeah. know, the first, but no, I got you. Um, yeah, I got you. Save, save. Yeah. We're getting ahead, but there's a lot of, but like I said, I mean that that's, that's where you cut your teeth. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, and so, when, does Tommy fall so, into so yeah. So, so Tommy, so drummer, that right. we had literally st- stops showing up to practice, stops talking to all of us. I never ghosted. saw this the guy. Before I never, ghosting, happened. yeah, yeah. This, this is, is before ghosting, guys. Yeah. And I still to this day have not seen or heard a word of the kid in my life. Like I have not seen him since the last practice or show or whatever we did that early on in the band. Well, so everybody needs a Pete best. Yeah, and so no, we, I'm were, we, we were no. <laughs> we were hanging it wasn't out. Pete's we, I'll fault. never forget it. We were standing out in the Taco Bell parking lot, me and the Veers boys with Jim, Jim the third, the middle Veers boy, right? And uh, we were all talking, we were man, like, man, who are we going to get to drum? And all of a sudden, somebody goes, well, what about Tom McCullough? And they just all look at each other and are like, oh, I don't know, how old is Tommy now? Like, oh, he's like sick, you know, whatever, like close to Glenn's age, like, you know, a little bit younger. And I was just like immediately like, well, who's Tom McCullough? Who's Tom McCullough? Now, Back up a second. Before I had even met, made the connections, because, again, I went to school with Tommy's older brother, who's his older right. um, half-brother. So Tommy's older brother's last name is not McCullough. It's Schuler. So I have no connection to some, some this guy named Tommy McCullough yet, right? right? But what I do remember is when I was a kid – being in middle school, riding the bus with Tommy's older brother, Nick, and Nick's showing me, hey, check out this band that my dad's in, right? Because my he would say stepdad, whatever. He was a, he whatever, was a whatever. legend in his own so, right. So, right, Tom, yeah, man, dude, his okay, old man. number three, we call, because Tommy's William Thomas McCullough the fourth, right? So his dad's three, so I call, I call, uh, I refer to him as three. So for the rest of the interview, Tommy's dad will be three. Three. Um, cool, but man. Uh, But, yeah, um, it's just, and then, you know, you get into the whole, you know, Veers and McCullough's were in, a, in in that, you know, the bands yeah. before even we were. Legends here in Columbus, yeah. man. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. That, wow, the lineage. But, that's a great, that's great yeah, how that all worked out. Connected all those dots and, um, yeah, and Tommy just fit in like a glove. So, let's, okay. So follow along with me here, folks, because there's, there's going to be a journey that happens where Justin goes off to school. 
we've been waiting to do this for a while. We've got a lot to talk about. So, but <laughs> how many bands in between you? Because really, uh, the the black coffee story mm-hmm. that happens that's ap- that that's happens right, after that's, school. That that's is right what school. ended school. That's what ended for me. School. Right. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want to jump. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to jump no, no, ahead no. too no, no. far. No, I'm just like yeah. Before you go to to school, and when I say right. school, you're going out to Boston. Yeah. Right. What's the name of that place? Berkeley College of Music. Yeah, yeah. So little thing called Berkeley College before, of Music, so ladies and gentlemen. Before germs. I went to that, a lot of people don't know this, is that I was <laughs> in there, shit, I was dude. at their articulation school um, in Cleveland for two years. So for the first year, year and some change, I was doing, I was managing going to school in, and living in Cleveland and also doing a the band that was also with members living in Columbus full time that lasted about, like I said, about a year. Um, we actually did a show up there, um, at Cleveland state university. That was actually pretty cool. Um, but in, at, after those two years, that band fizzled out in somewhere in, in the middle. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget it. Cause I came home from, from school, drove down to Columbus. We were playing a show at O'Shecky's and, uh, we like had just finished our like seven song EP that we worked really hard um, at Sonic Lounge on with Joe, and we had released it literally. I'm talking like maybe two or three months prior to this, so we were just like getting ready to. And I'm coming back right. for the summer. Right. We're getting ready to promote it, and right before the show, our singer comes in, and everybody you know gets into the room, and he's te- and tells me, and because I was the last person to know that he's not really feeling it anymore. And this was going to be our last show. So that was just how we had our last show. And that was very, uh, that sucked because we never, we actually were just gaining, um, the band's name was Plain Old Henry, and we were just gaining a little bit of traction. We had opened for um, Puddle of Mud at the Al Rosa. That was like a sold-out show. It was really awesome. Um, That was our first really big kind of break, you know, locally. And uh, like I said, we were really proud of that EP that we did with Joe, um, and it never, it just kind of fizzled out. We never really got to say goodbye to our new fans. And some people even still like at black, you know, I'm sorry, South of Eden shows, um, come up and say stuff about playing old Henry to me and Tommy. So, um, so then you decide to go to, to, to Berkeley. I mean, how does, I mean, that's not something, yeah, so I mean, that's not after those two years, basically get, it's, it's not like a, you have to audition still to get in. Yeah. Um, but you, you have those first two years where we were learning, you know, ear training and theory out of Berkeley books, you know, from Berkeley, you know, teachers and musicians. And, right. Um, so I was doing the Berkeley experience for the two years in Cleveland, just off campus, which I really loved. Um, and then when we got, when I got to Boston, I was only there for one semester. And in particular, I think it was because it was, um, it was just everybody that all, it seemed to me like all of the, students that were there were very invested in themselves and practicing to get better, which is a very good thing when you're in school. However, when you're somebody like me, who's looking to start a band and play shows and learn how to grind and do it that way. Like I was always looking at school as, yeah, it was, it was like the degree was like not even fourth or fifth on the list for me. It was like meet musicians that are, in within my you know like-minded um, like-minded for, yeah, for musicians sure, and, and guys that I want to go and or gals that I want to go and start and tour with 
And um, along that way, it was obviously get better, practice your ass off, learn, throw yourself into the fire and different, you know, avenues musically that you never thought you would be capable of. of you but know, not start a rock band, Justin. But not start a rock band. So all of these things led me back to winter break, which brought me back to Columbus. Pause, pause. Mm-hmm. Because before you go... To Boston. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met Ehab or yes. Nick at that point? Do you yes. know those guys? Yes. Okay. I had where, jammed where, with where, them before, in fact. Okay. So before you go to Boston, before you go to Berkeley, okay, so where do you meet? In, in what order are we going to go here? Who did mm. you meet first? Nick met or Met them Ehab? both at the same time because they were okay. in a band called Straight Laced. And what were they What were they doing? And they were, they were um, playing... Um, so Ehab was singing, Nick was playing bass, and we were we playing on Henry was playing a show at the Al Rosa Villa to um, oh, to figure out who would go. I think it was like for for a spot at at Rock on the Range. If I don't if okay. I don't right. remember right. Right. if I remember correctly, or opening for some prestigious I can't I, something something's in my brain on, is telling me line. Rock was right, on right. the line. So um, neither of us won it, unfortunately, but um, we. Met at that point, we were like, well, wow, taken back by this singer, um, bass player, you know, this band, actually the whole band was awesome. Just the music, they sounded like a Motley crew, like Queensryche, like go combination. On. Like, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, on. go on. So really, really awesome. Bands were like, man, we got to, you know, remember these guys. And so right before I went to Boston, I... I mentioned something to Tommy because I was, I was like tech, I was messaging Ehab on Facebook. Like, Hey, we got a jam before I like go to Boston, like sort of a thing, because I had gone over and jammed with the straight laced guys sometime when I was probably feeling the things in plain old Henry were a little bit wishy washy. They only had one guitar player. And I was like, Oh, maybe we can do the right. Judas, you know, the two right, right, guitar right. player, you know, dual back. And so we jammed one time. It was cool. I was scheduling. It probably wouldn't have worked out like regardless. And it didn't feel the best. Also, I will you know, I won't, um, for all of us. Um, and, but I always remembered, but I always, but I always yeah. remembered. So I told Tommy and he, and Yeehaw was like, Hey, what are we going to do? Cause I'm not, you know, he was really wanting to jam, but he's like, I'm not trying to wait forever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, man, to be honest with you, um, I'm actually going to, to Berkeley. I'm going to Boston, blah, blah, blah. But I, here's this, this, this is going to be a hell of a movie. This is going to be a I hell hope so, of man. a I movie, hope so. man. It's going to be a hell you of can, a movie. You can, we'll get, well, I'll have to think of your part. Uh, yes. you, you, you'll have, but you can't play yourself. Cause we'll, we'll, right. we'll no, you have no, to be, God, you have to be, no. so you have to be somebody else. Yeah. But, um, um, no, I mean, yeah. So we, then yeah. they started a band with the Veers boys called electric dream machine. That, that was when I was in school. And when we came back, uh, or when I came back from school, I decided to, I invited Tommy and Ehab over for a jam. And it was, it, I, f- it wasn't that I didn't want to not invite the rest of the EDM guys. It was just that I so desperately wanted to play, you know, play with Tommy because Tommy has always been this, you know, he's a time capsule. Like Tommy just like walked out of 1977 <laughs> and experienced everything before it and everything up to like 1977. Oh. And then like, that's just who he is. Right. So he is and all, I mean, he's you couldn't focus at Berkeley. Trope. You couldn't focus there. Could you? I mean, you're thinking no, no. about this. You're I'm, running this oh, band yeah, through your head. I'm, right? well, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, you know, 
bands I'm seeing I'm seeing them you know play on you know on Facebook I'm like I'm sitting you know in my oh. living room in Boston you know practicing my heart out and I'm on Facebook and I see a, my best you know friend you know playing a show uh at the Al Rosa Villa back home you know with crowd you know people cheering yeah. and stuff and I'm like oh, I miss that right so that you know and and you know Glenn Bob was had just been married a few years prior or very recently he had a couple he had a kid he had another one on the way he was kind of on his way like towards you know his career you know so to speak and family life and glenn i feel like really was in a different realm as far like as musically speaking was he was that that was like and glenn and bob were in that same thing so part of what what split up plain old henry was ultimately Tommy and I siding with one another a lot because we come from the old school 70s. This is what we're going for. And then, you know, but also our own spin. But then, you know, the, the Veers boys were always kind of more in that like 90s, but also like a little bit of Boba Flex because obviously. I get it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then, and then the singer Anthony was always kind of like right down the middle. Like he was kind of the one we always had to figure out. Okay, how do we, you know, who's going to win this? You know, who's going to tilt Anthony? And so, a bunch of great musicians, young musicians who are just kind of trying to figure out. They're just trying to line up with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And and, it, and if you know, you know the the Veers story and stuff. I mean, everybody oh, yeah. kind of found their everybody oh, found their absolutely their person, right? I mean, absolutely. Glenn's pl- playing with yeah. um, Love with Sick. Love Sick Radio, and they're great freaking, band. Oh my god, it's awesome a great band. band, awesome band. Um, I mean, they were playing freaking gigantic shows yeah. in freaking Tokyo. Such and a good China movement here, man. It really, oh, yeah. and you were like in the epicenter of that. So I it's, can't Columbus even, is a cr- is going to be know. talked about. I know. It's, I know. It's, it's, I know. It's nuts. I'm, it's nuts. I'm what's happening? Right lucky now. to be on the radio in this town because oh, I can feel it. And Everybody knows we it's are coming. Absolutely lucky to have you. Everybody knows it's coming. Yeah. So it's kind of cool now just to kind of watch this. That's why I wanted you in here. I wanted to document. Yeah. This absolutely. I, I, um, did, was there a moment in Berkeley? Is that an important call? Because this is underproduced. It's, no, 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 no. It's just actually it's only Ehab, so it's <gasps> best that he listens back to this if he listens to because he knows I'm doing this. He probably forgot. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> I'll tell. I'll, I'll let him know what's going on. But you, you can, you continue with. He's going to have your, his time. He's going to have his time in the Hawks Nest too. Oh, he will. But everyone will will remember who the first person was. Absolutely. Was you never absolutely forget your me. first. <laughs> so was there a moment? Was there a moment? At Berkeley there, where you decided, I, I've got to come home. Was there a moment where you're like, I'm, I'm coming home? It's just because you're talking about all this. If you're watching it the stuff that's happening back here. It happened when here. I was home. Okay. So I made the, I didn't, I didn't decide that, oh, I'm coming home, you know, like, um, I didn't decide that first and then come home. I was coming home for the holidays. Um, and I was, while I was here, I was like, hey, you know, Tommy and Ehab, come over for a jam and that night when they came over um what did he say <laughs> he hop says let me phone one in but i'm okay gonna, we might be able to here we, later we we, we'll, do, to, we'll throw that into the funny. bonus he's after funny. everything we'll, uh, is yeah, done at the bonus we'll give him, we'll, we'll this give him is, a call. yes we're going to call him later so i just, um, a, I just look i'm just letting you know and we're going to pause it here and i'm going to get back to this story because this is important but uh, i have a whole other wire that i need to use for <laughs> for phone calls <laughs> But it's underproduced. Okay, okay underproduced. It's all right. So That's you come back. You come back from so, school. Yeah. We jammed that night. Okay. And basically, the feeling we we I had this riff in this song 
called I Barely Know Her, and I didn't realize that's what it was called at the time, oh. but I was jamming. I, I remember. You know that's Flight Pattern Bob and Hartley's Flight favorite Pattern song. Flight Pattern Bob. Is that, that's, wait, yeah. is that, that was Hartley. That, that, wait, that's an airplane that just went over. Do you want to know what it is? Flight, All right, we, here we, we go. Need, we need, Joe Veers loved this part I, of the I, show. I do. Raleigh Durham. Came out Raleigh Durham. Raleigh Durham, everybody. Okay. What a great town. Zero. There are zero See, hot what? chicks. That's zero a, hot that chicks app. in Raleigh Durham. I don't know that that's true, Bob. <laughs> There's got to be one hot chick in Raleigh Durham. You would think. He's like, look, the think. app never lies. <laughs> that's a hell of an app he has. So, so you guys jam, and at that point, you're on break. So, so at that point, we we so we jam. I barely know her, and I'm looking, and I literally my thinking at that moment was, wow, that's the most fun that I've had playing music in the last two years. What's wrong with that, this picture? That's that's all it took. And that was, I mean, that was it. Telling family was it tough? Saying, "Hey, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow was, my dream was now." It doesn't sound like it sound was like you tough had great at backing, first, but Justin. again, they have. It, that's the thing is that when they're all about like trust your gut, you know right. what I mean? Like you know, it's it's kind of like that's that's how it's always been, you know what I mean? And so. With them, you know, with it, it was a little bit of convincing at first because obviously it's like, oh, but you're so close. Because at that point, it was like I had three semesters left, right? In hindsight, you're looking right. back and you're probably like, oh man, that's that's that, that's a little goofy, right? You you know. So, but again, you know, my my gut instinct, and again, this is after like my entire childhood never getting good grades, never being interested in school, and I'm in. You know the school that I actually feel you, love brother. going I feel, to. I feel you. I'm there. getting good grades for the first time in my life. Yeah. And now it's like you know, but something's just missing. So essentially, I decided to just kind of forego it, and I put all my chips in the basket of I'm gonna you know give this band a go, and I'm gonna figure out what I'm doing you know here in the meantime. And at this point, so you're done at school. Yeah. It's you, it Eha, it's, it's you, Ehab, and Tommy. That's it. You come up with black coffee at that point? Is yeah. it immediately? Ehab had name? never played bass at this point, but Tommy had a bass. <laughs> so listen, gang, so here's the deal for those of you who brought don't know, it over. <laughs> if you don't know the South of Eden black coffee story, I mean, they're a three piece at this point. Okay, so you're a three piece. It's it's uh it's you on guitar, it's it's Tommy on drums, Obvi, and then we've got Ehab who is grabbing a bass guitar. Oh and, yeah. And, and singing. Yeah. When I first saw the uh, Barely Nowhere video, I thought it seemed, at that point... I mean, at that point, so... Not even an issue. I'm trying to th think it back, because, again, it happened very fast. Um, that was, like, right... Yeah, that was right after... It was cold. It was. I think that was right after winter ended. Of um, what like year? it was about a. It was about a year after I came back. So that would have been. So black coffee forms, and I, I barely know her. What year are we talking? Black coffee forms late 2016, early 2017 is probably when that okay. song. Those you know that that all was happening. We record sometime in 2017. Filmed the video for I Barely Know Her. I think that winter, because I remember shooting it and it was cold outside. I just can't remember if we were right. going into winter Fair or enough. coming out. Um, but yeah, it was all it was all pretty freaking quick. So how does how do we go from a three to a four? 
and and Nick comes into this picture, is this are you are you signing a deal? Are you like going to go out and, and and try and sign a deal as a four piece? Did it start as a three piece? I mean, where where does this all so transition the, into a four piece with Nick? The oh the time where it it transitioned into being a four piece was sometime after um we were we were either signed or talking about being signed okay. like it was it was like really close to being a done deal or it was already a done deal um does he hop one had, off base i mean is that we, what, yeah is that i mean what the we, deal we just basically had decided like if we we had always looked at that common connection like ehop and nick had played together at a very young age. And you and Tommy, together. right? I mean, that's... Right, so it was always just kind of like, we always kind of naturally like had our eye like, oh, that'd be kind of, you know, interesting. And um, it was a natural fit, you know what I mean? Obviously. So um, when Nick start, when Nick joined, it was very seamless. And um, that's when the name change came as well, was kind of just this rebranding where like, hey, we're a four-piece now. You know, it coincided with the signing which was not necessarily those things didn't exactly correlate but it was something that did happen so there was the same time so there was an artist named black coffee is that what this there was there was a a yeah an edm artist named black coffee that was featured on a couple drake songs i believe okay who had you know had all the 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 official check marks and all the jazz you know all the handles and all that so it was just something that was like oh, we need to probably and, and but even before that like black coffee is just a very undefinable kind of term so it's very hard well, to copyright and get this approval and that it's just weird but when you guys went out to la mm-hmm. you go out to sunset sound you're black coffee right, that's the last because because yes. i mean that was yes. it and i didn't hear i heard we heard rumbling yeah we did not have a new name at that time so it, i'd heard rumblings, it was just black coffee you guys went out to la you're recording at sunset mm-hmm. and uh so talk about that man let's let's talk about the you know one of the most legendary spots ever. Talk about your producer. You bring Greg up. You brought him up earlier. Let, let's talk about him because I mean, so that's yeah, a pretty we amazing. Probably, we should do that. Pretty amazing we resume that because we we did. We were right. hunting for a, a producer, and the, the interesting thing was is that we had come in contact through our previous management with a lot of producers and engineers. Some of the which are actually no longer with us, unfortunately. Um, and we were just being like blown away by the names and i mean if i i don't want to be rude and name drop but and so it was a very hard decision on who to go with and then very late into the process greg came was thrown in there and it was kind of out of left field because we had looked at his resume and there weren't really any rock bands Uh, right so but that was that also created sort of an opportunity we felt like because he had enough he had a really good knack you know with with you know working with some of the top like pop artists and Adele and 21 right. Pilots and, you know, the Katy Perry on and on and on and on. And it was like, okay, it was just always something interesting. And and the first conversation that we had with him, it was just kind of like he he was all about, I'm not about genres. I'm about, you know, the artist and, and um, being original and letting their, you know, his whole moniker is letting their freak flags fly. So um, he was just like, you guys just spill you. You know what I mean? You guys right. just scream you. And he's like, you know, his whole thing, his mentality is I just, 
am here to not change it, but enhance it and lift it up. What so. did he hear? What did he hear? What did, I mean, did did you bring something to the table? Did he know of you guys? Had he YouTubed himself some black no, coffee? No, it, it was I mean, it was we, our it was our the our previous management had gotten him our music or gotten him kind of gotten us in front of him somehow. Okay, and he was he. In his words, he was he had been looking for a rock band to work with for years. Cool, man. So it was it was very humbling, and it was an awesome experience when we decided to go because we met with him at, at first, um, in person in L.A. about six months prior to when we actually went out and recorded, and I mean we knew pretty immediately like he was the guy to go with. Um, and then being in Sunset specifically, I mean, looking and this back is Greg, now, Greg Bell is is this Greg, this cat Greg Wells. Exactly, Greg yes. Wells. I'll, and, I'll edit and, that out. And I'll, I'll edit it. I don't it. give a shit. I'll make it sound like a <laughs> hey, this genius. is this is under what we call what's this? It's, shit, what well, we it's call underproduced. Zine? Underproduced. But I still don't want to sound like a fucking idiot. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so <laughs> underproduced may sound like an idiot, but no, no, no. Um, so, so there's 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 just you know a lot of a lot of. Um, great things came from working with him and working, going to that studio because he sunset looking back now, it's, it doesn't really feel that. real. You know what I mean? At the time, like I didn't, we, you know, the weight and the gravity of it, but you're almost, you like avoid really looking into, into the weight and gravity of it right. because you know, it'll freak you the fuck out. You know what I mean? Like, right. so, um, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, man, it was it was an unbelievable experience that I'll never forget. I mean, did did Greg did he like so as far as the music you had? Were there things that he that were unfinished that he brought out of you? I mean, it, where were you at at the writing process when you went in? We so we had like with um, this guy. we had s- some studio time, um, like some like rehearsal time about two months prior to this. Okay. And we were writing a lot. We were rehearsing a lot. We had most of the songs already written. And then we had a couple songs that were written on site in L.A. Um, Solo was one of those songs. You know that's in my top five. Um, yes. You don't I, have a top five? Let, let me know if you, you want to hear my top. top I'll, I'll, I'll let you know I'll, my top five. Please. Um, we had we had the... the um, uh, the talk was written. Okay. Um, that's not in my top five. That's not in my top five. It's not in my top five. That's fine. That's okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my top five. I, I but but it, it was a it's very in Dorsey's, but it's not my. Okay. Yeah. No, I love that song, but I'm just saying. We're not, talking top five. We're talking top five here, right? <laughs> pin drop. You want me over with pin drop? Pin drop's a good one. That one was sister, one that was written beforehand. Sister. Sister Monica, was on site. Solo. Do barely know her. It's just, I mean, that's amazing. But there's also another song that I'm not going to bring up. I'll probably only bring it up between with, with when we have Ehab on, if we can get Ehab on here later. Oh. Well, it's the Traveler, dude. Uh, well, I, it's... I just... <laughs> okay, I don't okay. want to start yeah, that, save that shit. One for, I don't want to Save start. that one for Ehab. But no, working working with, with Greg and and kind of fostering this this relationship, I mean, that's... Dude, to, oh, it to, was awesome. It was awesome to 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 be there, and like I said, to be working with him, to be in that studio recording a tape, to seeing all the... Platinum and gold. Let's get ready. To ask. On so, what's wall. the first? What was the? There has to be something, Justin, in the back of your mind when you're when you're there at Sunset Sound. You're like, this is where this was recorded. What kept popping up in uh, your head? What kept pop? There's got to be. I mean, one. obviously for me, it's Van Halen. It's Van you know Halen. I mean, it's Van. Right. I mean, the and the interesting thing is, so you can see the was it's two a there. Was it's two a, there? It's a, or? it's a very com- they 
all of the Van Halen albums up until up 1984. Until, up until Eddie got the studio with Sunset. But okay. they were different studios. So the one that they recorded out of the most of was Studio Two. Now we were in okay. Studio One, but they were so the majority. So all of Van Halen Two was in Studio Two. That's what I thought. Now Studio Van Halen One. Okay, there were three or four songs that were in Studio One. <sighs> I can't believe we haven't had this conversation. I know. This is you very, and this me, is, dude, of all, okay. you and I, I know, I know, of all people. people have not had this talk yet. So, okay. okay. I want, I'm ready, dude. The ready songs that were recorded in Studio One for Van Halen One okay. were Jamie's Crying, Little Dreamer, Oh, shit, I need another beer, and Motherfucking Eruption. Oh. Motherfucking eruption, my God. Dude, you were just, you were there. You were, I was you, you talk about there. holy ground, man. Yeah, yeah. Stones, the doors. Not to get all I mean, weird, but I mean, you can draw from that, right? Prince. As an artist, you draw from that. Oh, Prince. Okay. Let's, so yes, so hello. Here, let's so not here's even, another. Oh, here's yeah, another by the one. way, Prince. Yeah, Prince lived there for nine years in Studio 3. We got that because the, oh. the studio manager who has since unfortunately passed away, his name was Craig, had been there since like the 70s told us the stories of Prince living in Studio 3 because they were the Studios 1 and 2 didn't have attached bathrooms. You have to walk out into the little communal bathrooms. Oh, studio, that makes sense. Studio that 3, you, do, you go right. You go to Studio 3, you don't have to, and it's all they left it. It's all orange shag. It's amazing. So now I had an experience with, I believe, the ghost of Jim Morrison. Oh, oh my God, here we go. I don't doubt it. I don't. I'm a believer. So, flight now, pattern Bob. I, now, it seems to be a little amused by Bob this. Bob is losing his shit right now. He seems to be amused by this. He's, he's, he's like, I'm he's a like, believer. He, oh, Bob's not a believer. I don't know if he's. No, no, tell us, tell us. Okay. okay. All right. All right, Bob. All right, so, Bob. So, what, what? Where are you? Where are you? So this is this is load out day. So Ooh. this is we are we're done recording. We have finished our sunset experience. This is like extra time. We're going in. Early, we're going to knock out. We're going to load all, all our gear up, right? We're getting out. So, in Studio One, you to get there, one of the ways to go in, and the main way to go in, especially when you're recording because the back door is shut off because it's attached to one of the um, ISO booths, um, which is actually where we had all the guitar cabinets um, mic'd. So, when you're going in, you have to go in through the main, like the office part, of okay. Sunset Sound. So the office in Studio One goes through the same door. So you walk down the, the hallway of all the records and it's... So everybody was taking a load out, right? I was okay. the only person in the studio. I'm walking the um, vocal booth where, you know, the doors and Rolling Stones and um, the cabinet for eruption and all this stuff, right? Have the door propped open. Okay. I'm walking with my hands full of stuff as I'm walking by the door door comes shut now it doesn't shut the entire way it had a stopper on it that was keeping it opened I was like okay you know gravity whatever I walked by it you know maybe it knocked it you know shut it but that stopper was holding it the rest of the way right I walk out of the, of the into the hallway so now I walk through the door okay and I'm like thinking to myself hold on a second this is my last day in sunset right like I I don't know the next time I'm going to be here. That was, I, I can't chance this. So I go back into the studio and I look and I, and I don't know why, because at this, at this point in my life, Tom and probably even still Tom Petty 
means more to me than Jim Morrison and Tom Petty had recorded at Sunset Sound Mm -hmm. and Tom Petty had passed away. So I could have very easily uttered the words Tom Petty. That would have made more sense for me to do. Right. But for whatever reason, in this moment, I just I said one word okay. with a with a flight pattern, Bob. Oh my God! We've no, got to fly. This is, this is, a, the, the, oh, this this is a, a big. This is a big old. This is a cliffhanger. I swear to God, if that's it's from L.A., listen, the show's over. If that oh. flight is from L.A., this show is over. That was Dallas. Okay, <laughs> Dallas, so. Dallas, Dallas. All right, all right, all right. So, so you go one back word in. with okay. a question mark, and I, I just said, Jim, hand to God. I believe you. The rest of the door shut the rest of the way, <sighs> and I watched it happen. And I looked over my shoulder, and of course, nobody was near me. I was like, nah, are dude. you kidding? Nobody, saw, nobody was there. It was just me. Mojo rising, bro. Mojo rising, fucking oh. shut that door. Damn it, Justin. How cool is that, though? That was wild. How that, cool now, and is I that? Never, I'm not a person that I've never I've seen looked, a ghost. I'm I've not, never this and that. I'm the not other Zach thing, right? Baggins, Baggins, or whatever his but, name is from Ghost Adventures. But I do like that show sometimes. Though. Sure. Dude. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild, man. It was wild. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really cool. That entire freaking... That, we were there. We were, we were there for two weeks, man, in Sunset. We had the... Go in and out whenever we wanted, man. We had the code. We had we you had just, the code. Dude. We had the code, dude. It was awesome. And we and the other thing that happened that was there were the two largest um, earthquakes since the early nineties while we were there. Jesus, did you you gonna pin that on Morrison? Well, we no, no, I'm not gonna put that on on old Mojo Rising. But that was an interesting thing in its in and of itself. If you've never uh, experienced, look, I want to talk about. I want to talk about the bands that you and I love because that that needs to be a part of this show. And this has been fucking awesome, Justin. Thank yeah. you. I love hearing these no, stories, thank you. man. This is so fucking cool. Now, before we get into band, I want to just talk Van Halen with you, bro. I really, I really do. You're um, going down a rabbit hole here, buddy. Flight Pattern Bob. And we're still going to try call. Maybe we'll call Ehop later. Yeah. All right. We'll see. All right. We'll see. It's about you, bro. So <laughs> uh, Flight Pattern Bob's over. He's like, look, just make sure. You explain the South of Eden name, okay, and where that came from. Yeah, and honestly, as as close as we are, I don't really. I, mean, I think Tommy told Dorsey, but I can't remember the whole story. Or I might have known it. We might have been drinking. The interesting thing is, is that it's so. So the the running the running joke is, and I'm going to ruin it because I'm just going to tell you what it is because mm-hmm. I can't think of anything on the spot. Is whenever somebody gets asked this question. Somebody's okay. supposed to come up with their whatever on the spot, Aww, right? So every, cool. so every time it's like, well, cool. so when I came up with the name South of Eden, okay, I'm probably the worst person to ask, but the way that I remember it is, um, it being a play off of like, okay, East of Eden, okay, that's you know that's a, a well-known book, and right. and um, we were doing trying to think of okay, Eden, are we thinking of is it is it Eden, like this heavenly place, is it, you know, the Garden of Eden, like where, you know, Earth was technically supposed to be all this place, or south of Eden could be interpreted as Earth, Ooh. where we're at, right? Oh. Because if we're That's south of, well, or it could be interpreted <laughs> as, you know, the, oh, the devil, you know, south, right. you, know, you know, the depths of hell. But, it, you know, that's just kind of one of the... It's a play on kind of words kind of okay. a thing where it's like, okay, Eden is this. So we're, it's kind of like the whole in-between where, you know. Did you guys the, vote on it? 
Did you vote on we it? We did because we had we came up with really really bad names. It's really hard. Worst to name. Come up. Worst name. Um, oh god. Let's throw some uh, out of the bus too. Oh man. Mm. I see. This is the thing: is that I've blocked so many of them out. Fair enough. I don't. That want, I don't, I don't want to know their shit names. <laughs> I mean, there was a. Uh, oh, Green Day. Tommy. <laughs> Tommy really liked. Uh, <laughs> he liked Free Wheel. Cause like we free wheel it, but I'm like, but he Ooh. wanted, he was one word free wheel. And I was, he was really about it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, man. Free wheel. Free wheel. It's kind of cool. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. I'm trying uh, to think of the worst one, but there were some bad ones. There were some bad free, ones for, for sure. Black wheel. coffee was easy because we were going through, we, I was at a, a I, we were, Tommy and I love freaking cough. We all do, obviously. And we were going through a Tim Hortons drive-thru, and it was just, the lady just handed us one, you know, one black coffee and one with him. We just looked at it. I was like, black coffee? What right. about that? And that was just, and we were just like, well, that kind of works. You know, so, so that just like kind of hit. But then so we were thinking, I mean, months, we were trying to figure it out. That was a crazy situation. I remember, because you guys were out in LA, you know, working on this album and mm-hmm. stuff, recording music, and... It's like, no, I think they've got to change their name. What? Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Tommy. They got to change. I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wonder what and they're you guys do. were there when we when well, we announced let, the... Let me just ooh, say ooh, this. Ooh. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, Tommy, Nick, and Ehop. That was so sweet of you guys to let... I was the first person I got to say it, Flight Pattern Bob. It was awesome. That was that was an honor to get to say it that night. And really, dude, that was that was kind of it. I mean, that was it for, for, for live music. Dorsey and I were thinking ourselves, I mean, we think we maybe saw one other show after It was that. so weird because it was supposed to be, we were kind of like saying goodbye to Black Coffee and hello to South of Eden that night. So we just did this kind of acoustic thing and it was very, um, it, we, we, maybe we started off acoustically and then we did play a full band set. But it was, it was something where it was very, um, it was at Turtle Creek Tavern. It was very... Um, Kind of a lighthearted moment, you know what I mean, dude. It was and so it was, cool. It was, I, it thank was you. awesome. Yeah. No, I, oh. I, I, come on, man. I <clears throat> yeah. mean, seriously, as your as your as your star rises, that that that's so cool of you guys to to let me do that because there's going to be so many uh, DJs across the country that that bring you guys out and stuff. But it's it's kind of cool that I'm the first. guy. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, we would have you know wouldn't have had it any other way. I, that means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot, man. So it's awesome. No, nah, it's super cool. Let's talk about Van Halen. Fucking Van Halen, man. What's your favorite Van Halen album? So I go back and forth between Van Halen 2 and Fair Warning okay. quite often. I as, thought you were going to come at best. me with some Fair Warning stuff because you were like... Well, I, I do. I, I love it, but it's just when you put... To me, when you put Van, Van Halen 2, the set, and, then, and again, both of the sounds, Fair yeah. Warning and Van Halen 2, very different, right. but... You go back and forth between well, okay, what what songs are better? What sound is no, better right, to me? Right. There's just a certain warmth about Van Halen too, specifically with the guitar and the drums. That I really, when you put Van Halen two on vinyl, and you got to come out to Tommy's one night for vinyl night because he's got okay. this badass stereo, old school can, can stereo you, system. Can you BYOV? Can you oh, bring your own vinyl? Absolutely, you can. Oh, oh, oh absolutely. What night do you BYOV. do that? Can Bob come? Bob Hardly? can absolutely come. Listen, Bob. listen. We'll do a BYOV. Bringing the insulators. Um, when you put Van Halen two on, it sounds like Alex mm. Van Halen on vinyl. It sounds like he's in, playing drums in your living room. On that record specifically. I don't know what it is, but it's insane. Now, I will say that, and I'll have to, I've been really wanting to do some um, video work 
posting some stuff on like doing some some of my favorite solos and after eddie died i went back and relearned a bunch of songs and relearned some new so try to challenge myself and one of the hardest ones and ones that i really dug when i started digging back deep into the catalog again was uh, push comes to shove yeah that whole song and that solo specifically is one of the coolest guitar solos that he's ever played and it's very it's very melodically pleasing it's very melodically rich um, and it's very fucking hard to play, but when you get in my, I could not play it right now cause I haven't touched it in a, in a long time. Um, but it's one of the, it's just one of those things where you, we play it and you just can feel it. Look, 1984 was one of the best times of my life. That was another, that was one of the best times of my life because they were, it was at the height, Justin. And it was like, and I was old enough to understand what was going on. My th- I will always, uh, always, forever, for the rest of my life, envy that. Because so, I have to grow up with all the bullshit that I had to grow know, up with. I know, and just, I know. But the great Justin thing was... Justin Timberlake is very talented, though. Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck he is very talented. <clears throat> have you seen his movies? Oh, oh that's Justin. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. So, the, the thing the thing with me is is that... the, the But the, the beauty is is that when I was growing up is that I have... The, all the albums were already out. Right. All the music was no, already I there. Got, so, yeah, I got right, to right, go right. and just... Did just Dorsey says, I wanted to. Dorsey says the same thing about Metallica. Okay. Like he was able to kind of yeah. kind of look at, as a whole and figure out what oh, he yeah. liked the best. So here's the deal. But I li- uh, the 1984 thing, I lived that. But um, fair warning, as I've gotten older, it, it's my favorite album. But my favorite song, Women in Love, mm. is off Van Halen too. So it's I, I if you if like you said you only get one Van Halen album, I would take two. Just because I could never live without women in love again. It's not, dude, it's such a good song. I could again, never live without the, that again. There's so That's, many. The, the B side of that album. I mean, you've got like, you got Dead or Alive. You've got. Think about that side. Oh my gosh, dude. I right? mean, it goes. Dead on. or Alive. And oh my God. I know. I know. Light up the sky. You've got so yeah. many. You got so many, so many songs on there. Um, yeah. But it, but I, it, look, it, but the thing is, if I'll it's summer, again. but if it's, a, if it's, if it's summertime, I want Diver putting, Down. You, uh, I want no. Diver Down in the summer. No, in the summertime, you're playing Van Halen too, dude. Oh. You got beautiful girls dance the night away. I really got into it during my spring break of uh, my sophomore year, though. You're no good. I know. But no, ooh, Diver Down, ooh, Diver Down hits ooh, pretty hard ooh, on, 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 ooh, you know, in the ooh, summertime, ooh. but, it, but summertime again, 1984. Okay. Okay. You at get, least you didn't come at me with 5150 because that's very summertime. Listen, again, summer nights is a great summer song. nights I, I get is great. It. I get it. I get it. I don't, I don't need this. 50, I don't need there's the a spot I don't for, there Sammy's is a heat. time and place for Van Hagar. There is a time and place. Yeah. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What I mean, you can't, what, what you, okay. So here's the deal. Van Halen had this raw youthful like spur of the moment thing that I don't think ever got lost in the Hagar years. It got more polished and their songwriting oh, sure, became dude. became sure. more commercial at times. But then when you look at some of the B sides, especially on those first two Van Hagar albums, fifty one fifty and OU eight one two dude, think about okay, AFU, Cabo Wabo. Mine um, all mine. Mine all mine song. is crazy it's good. Great it's crazy. OU eight one two might be their most overlooked album. Like, and, and Look, I'm talking about their entire discography. OU eight one two might be one of their their most overlooked albums. You you might be right. You might be right. And and look, man, I, I the buddies that I grew up with, they'll they'll they call me to the curb, sucker in a three piece. They call me to the oh. curb because they're like, look, dude. 
you listen. You no one watched. Uh, no one watched live without a net more than you. Right. You, no but that was the first. That the, was all but, I and had. And that's also yeah. That's that's the, all we had. We only have so much, dude. We had those three songs it's that MTV fair. would play it's from the Oakland fair. show in '81, and it was but so live without good. A net, yes, it was so good. Now, so okay, interest. This is the very interesting parallel between you and I right now, my friend. And I don't think this is the first time I've made this connection. Oh, your favorite Van Halen album, like as you said, was Fair Warning, mm-hmm. but your favorite Van Halen song is on. Van Halen 2. Women in love. I side towards Van Halen 2 as being my favorite Van Halen okay. album. My favorite Van Halen song is off of Fair Warning. All right, let me guess. And it's the in my opinion the most all-encompassing Van Halen song. All right. Songs. So it's it's either Mean Street. It's not Unchained. There's no way you go with Unchained. No. Push comes to Mean shove. Street was a great great Dirty guess. Movies. The hell hear about it later i'm trying to figure you out so this is love oh, dude it was hear about it later hear about it later okay yeah, dude. all right yeah dude you got Fucking the who ran intro. through that who ran through the song the, list oh who ran you through did the song list? you did brother man hey, do i have any notes <laughs> do i have any fucking notes Dude, listen right. No, no, that was right off the top of your. What do you head love right about there. that song? What do you love about that song? I, everything. The intro. It's got his. You know the phase ninety on it. It's got. It's dark, but it's also. Ha- you know, it's got a very. You know, it's got a very kind of. I don't want. You know, the lyrical aspect of it is very dark, but it's got a very. I don't want to hear right. about it later. I mean, it's a very beautiful hook, and then it's just. It's got all the Alex Van Halen's doing these crazy double, right. you know, quadruple. The whole breakdown before and the he's guitar still solo. with us, and we don't we don't give him enough. No, he's he's the exact same and the exact the same shit. like book of like Alex Lifeson in that like in any other band that would be the by far the best member of that yeah. band. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I, I, but I because it. of the guys they're on stage with, they get overlooked. <sighs> and Alex, what a guy. If, I mean, all right, oof. all right, all right, look. Arch Madness and Justin Young like Van Halen. Yeah, fucking. A little yeah. bit. So I think people. Allegedly. Yeah, our friends know that. They know that. Who's your other guy? Oh, my other guy's Ace. Ace was my original, and like if you have me rank them, Justin, just because in the I always that's who started it. Uh, Ace yeah. Frehley's my favorite. Well, Ace if we're Fraley's going with that, favorite. then we got to go with Angus. So you're in, yeah, exactly. Boom. So Angus was my because how hard again, is it to pick Angus when his brother Malcolm? Oh, I, I, I know. He's right there. That's what I'm saying. He's and Phil Rudd. I know. They're right there. I know. I know that, again, those are some of that band has some of the most underrated, overlooked musicians. What's your favorite ACDC album? Powerage. Okay. For sure. Powerage for the Brian years. I mean, it's good, obviously. You know what my favorite You know what my favorite Brian is. Flick of the Switch. Flick of the Switch is a great album. As I get older. Guns for Hire. Never gets old. Never gets old. Um, But then then Nervous Shakedown was on that one. Yes, it was. Um, But then you've also got my... I love the Rick Rubin ball breaker, man. I Do really you? dug it. And that ball was the breaker. first record when Phil Rudd came back. He, yeah, he had left for like exactly. 10 years. So it got a little bit a of that. It's a great record, oh, yeah. man. It sounds awesome. Record. It's real warm. It's very live. It's very live in the room. Same. I mean, it's. it's Powerage, got though. Powerage is your favorite oh, yeah. bomb oh, record. Oh, dude. You've got Gone Shooting and you guys Down Payment Blues. At the, and let me just say this as well, because uh, for those, and, and we're going to. We're going to put a bow on this because I think we've really encapsulated the story. And I want to try and call Ehab. 
Okay. He hasn't texted me back. All right. We're still going to call him. We'll try him. We're going to do it like the jerky boys though. Do it. Um, you guys were the QFM 96 house band. We were. And that was, but your, your star was taking off. Yeah. We were, we were, yeah, we were, our schedule was getting very busy at the time. You guys doing that meant so much to all of us over there. Oh, dude. It meant so much. It meant the same thing to us too, equally, because we had been involved in so many competitions in our life and none of us had won a freaking thing. So it was one of those things where it was like, it's a great night that night. There were some great, great, amazing bands bands that that went on to win, win in previous years coming after that. So for us, it was like, it was like, holy shit. That was kind of like one of the things that, that, that was a really big launching pad for that was, that was, that gave us a really good boost up for what we were about to go do because like I said, we had been we had done so many battle the bands, this and this and that and the other thing, and it's just net, it, at any point of our careers, you did had gone done shoot. something like that. You did yeah, gone I, and, we, and I had no idea that there was to have oh. some impact. But it's like, of course, we got to play a deep cut. We're like, we're not playing fucking Highway to Hell. We're not playing that back was so in black. Cool, man. We're playing a fucking deep cut because these guys are gonna know it. You know, I can't hear, and I and I think Mike Dorsey feels the same way. I I can't hear gone shoot now without thinking of that night and thinking of you guys. Well, just hey, how that, fucking cool. That, what a great <laughs> night, What a great oh, night. Oh, yeah. No, Angus awesome. and, and uh, you know, I always I always contend, and, and I would love to hear why you love love Angus. I mean, his fans are the most, you know, as you, you want to talk. Oh, my God, they're so passionate. Yeah. They're so passionate, and I love ACDC. I do. I'm, well, I'm, a, I'm a, Everybody has their favorite, and I think, um, look, man, Malcolm Young, I, I think as far as rhythm guitar players, as far oh. as rhythm guitars players, he's he's he's, he's the, the man. That's the he's the man. Pinnacle. Him and Keith. I, I just honestly, I think he's better than Keith. Oh, I'm can sorry. I tell you something. Can I tell you? Something? I can't do it yet. I I'm, I just turned fifty. I got to wait till I'm sixty to to break news who I think is better than the other guy. You, you that, know where you, you know, on that flight pattern, Bob? Sorry. Flight pattern, sorry. Bob. Double check. <laughs> We're hearing this. Can We're I tell you something tell off mic right tell now? It it's underproduced, so this could be recording. Okay. Like I have. I have dime bag ahead of a lot of very important guitarists. That's not something that you have to take off of air. I know, but as we get older, as I get older, I'm able to express my opinion more, especially with some of the sure. fans of this, oh, yeah. this other guitarist. Yeah, Just you saying. have to get it out there. Okay, you have to get it out there. I don't right? want to. I'm not ready to say it completely yet. I'm going to say it to you after we get off the air. But okay, I think All he's right. better than this other guy. Oh no! Yeah, don't oh, no. don't think less of me. Is it a guy in his genre, and like in that more metal kind of? Oh, it's, you don't think it's but he's better? Stop than it! Stop him. it! Stop it! Don't Justin. Don't. Not the one that I they anointed. I don't. Not the anointed any, one. I don't need any heat right now. I just don't. <sighs> I think I if 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 who I think no, you're about it's to not, say and it's is not who you're, you're going to be. Pi- I think you're going to be more pissed about who I'm going to say, and you're going to say no because I think I'm thinking. Well, I think we're on the same but, boat. But here. Justin, I even. What, that one time we were, you were over at the Hawk's Nest and uh-huh. I was kind of I had I'd been drinking sure and I made a comment about Eat Him and Smile uh, versus yeah. Fifty One Fifty okay. and I thought you were gonna you were gonna put me in the figure four, bro. I, I was I I would have reversed it. I don't know that you would have. I, dude, I would have jumped off the table you, first. You I would have you know there's flight pattern, Bob. <laughs> it would have been some outside interference. We'd it have been a That's disqualification. Fine. He, he should come in with the chair. I can absolutely reverse that figure four. I know how to do that. Let's not talk about that right now. Because that's the thing. I could talk about wrestling for at least 10, 15 minutes. I know, dude. Let's just... You love Van Halen. You love ACDC. 
Love uh, before we even say goodbye, let's let's give the lead singer a shot. Give him a shot. Here we go. Are you nervous? I you know he's. Not I've never answer. been more nervous in my he's life. He's not going to answer. This is the underproduced part. While you okay, while he's calling flight pattern, Bob, were you on that last uh, flight pattern by chance? Figure it out, Bob. You know was. It was coming in from Charlotte, so we've got two two yeah. North Carolina flights coming in to Port There's Columbus here. Interesting. Chicks. There's got to be some. Oh, it's a FedEx plane. Oh, it's a FedEx plane. Are you expecting a package, Bob? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Hell yeah, he is. Behind the chair. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. All right, all right. All right, you ready for this? Do it. Now listen, he gets, do we give him one strike or two? Bob, you're not going to be able to hear this. I apologize. I'm just going to do the best we can. Here we go. Calling lead singer. South of Eden. Oh, hub. I hope this works for all of us. <laughs> Getting ghosted by the lead. There are times when I answer my phone. Is These this, are not one of them. Is this a message? This is a, yeah, this is voicemail. At the tone. Please record Should, your message. You message? When Let's you have finished right recording, now. you may Flight hang up or press 1 for more options. Hey, Ehab. Uh, hey, what's up, man? It's Archie. I'm over at QFM. Kind of a big deal. Got uh, <laughs> got your lead guitarist here, Justin. Flight Pattern Bob. We're all hanging out here at the Hawk's Nest. Trying uh, to give you a call here. Yeah, I was taking a shower. Thought I heard the phone ring. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> give me a call. We'll talk about it. That was perfect. <laughs> I was in the shower. I thought I heard my my, my phone ring. Oh, like, hey, cable- I was just making a sandwich. Thought I heard the phone. Oh, uh, for the cable guy fans out guy. there, yeah. they're like, wow, Arch, that was cable guy. That was a pretty spot spot on impression. Just That's just all there is oh, to it. Oh my goodness. Oh no, Justin, he's calling at the eleventh hour. Here we go. Ehab, is that you, good sir? Oh, dude, it is me, my friend. How are you? <laughs> hey, man. Listen, we're just, it's, uh, this Garage Days, it's its underproduced, it's over the top, and this is the underproduced part. Ehab, I was just talking to Justin about how many songs you guys probably have right now and how many you wrote over the over the course of this, uh, this lockdown. How's it been for you, man, creatively? Oh, dude, that's... Uh... That's a good question. <laughs> I'm heavy. I'm coming in heavy. I'm coming in hot. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm coming in hot. You, you hit, we've had some pretty deep, hard. We've had it. some pretty deep discussions here, as far as uh, just talking with Justin and stuff. I mean, he's talking about you being on a different level right now, and they're just kind of you're you're in a groove right now when it comes to writing music. And I'd love to have you talk about the headspace you're in. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. Um, thanks, Jay. Uh, yeah, dude, it's it's. It's awesome. There's just a fountain that's open right now. And that's really like the best way I can describe it. And like just being inspired by um, everything that's going on around us. I think that we took a good long year between the pandemic and all of, you know, the awesome activist stuff that's happened and, and just kind of like took a year to stay quiet and look around and just kind of listen to what was being said. And I think that all of that really influenced a whole plethora of songwriting that you know it it, is almost hard to not be inspired and to have the band that you know i have surrounding me it's it it makes it really easy to kind of turn that faucet on and just start playing music you know it's it's impossible for me to let show justin 
you know, say, here's this quirky little guitar thing that I thought of. And then, you know, have him who's like a master of fucking guitar <laughs> to grab it and just go off with it and start doing his own thing. And, you know, Tommy and Nick, just an unbelievable rhythm section that no matter what I write or no matter what anybody writes, they just always lock it down with a sick groove. So it's a lot of stuff to be inspired by. And the people that are around me are very inspiring as well. We haven't even had a chance to really talk about it yet, Eha, but as I mean, as far as plans for this summer and shows, uh, what are you looking forward to the most? I haven't even had a chance to really ask Justin this, but I'll ask you, man. I mean, it's just, it seems like uh, once these, these, uh, and you guys did a tour. I mean, you did, you did a, a smaller tour here in the last few months, but for it to really open up, what are you most excited about, Ehop? Man, there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. Uh, like you mentioned, we, we just did this kind of mini tour. We were calling it the empty tour because we booked uh, these shows. <laughs> we booked these shows down south, like in states that we've never played, let alone cities that we've never played before. So we were kind of like, hey, like we've never really played shows at South of Eden. We changed the name right at the end of 2019, right before everything happened. And we were like, dude, let's just go out. Let's shake off the rust. Let's play a bunch of empty little tiny dive bars and let's have a good time. And every single one of those shows were, you know, like two or three of them sold out like a little rock with the help of this awesome band called De France, which are amazing, awesome band that we're hopefully going to bring to Columbus for everyone to hear. Um, they helped us sell out little rock and, you know, like I think <laughs> Newport, Kentucky or something, which is not too far away sold out. And all the other shows you sell between, you know, 25 to 65 tickets, which it's not a lot, but for us, it blew our minds. Like, who are you guys with South of Eden shirts on? You know what I mean? Like, right, where the fuck right. did your ass come from? Um, it was really inspiring and awesome to see that. But I guess what I'm looking forward to the most, honestly, is just playing more of those kinds of shows, playing the small venues and really kind of getting the word of mouth moving on the band and just inspiring other people that are, it's so awesome to see all these young people coming out to our shows now. Um, not, not that of course I'm not dogging on anybody else, <laughs> but right. you know, I, I, I absolutely love to see, the younger generation getting into rock and roll and we're on some really awesome festivals like Clouded Than Life and Aftershock and Riff Fest up in Michigan with some really cool names that we're obviously very excited to play those kinds of big shows but there's something about that intimate kind of club show that we love doing. Ehab, I, have, I didn't even ask Justin this and this is kind of cool to, to have you on here with the whole Cooper Tires, Alice Cooper, the fans Cooper voting. Cooper Tires, Driven to Perform Challenge, <laughs> featuring Evanescence, hosted by Alice Cooper. What was that like, man? What was that like, meeting Alice? I mean, I, when you said, I mean, you're one of the nicest guys I've I, that I think I've ever met. I, I tell you, every time I've interviewed Alice, he's, I mean, he's, I don't know if there's something above first class, but, but that's him, man. He's an unbelievably normal dude, you know? It's just like, he... He's so smart. He's so authentic and just seems like such a humble man. And, it, you know, <laughs> we all have this joke now that like, dude, Alice Cooper appeared out of thin air and fired us all before we were even able to play the show. We literally, we got there, man. We're standing on the stage, like sound ready and stuff. And, you know, we heard that Alice was in the building. He's like going to introduce us. And so we were super, you know, psyched about that. And while we're kind of getting our cables together and, sound checking and stuff like that he just appeared on stage and we're like holy crap who are you he's like you're all fired and (laughs) of course just so such a good guy man just a sense of humor that's golden uh ehop thanks for thanks for uh 
call me back. That was kind of cool. We, you know, we're going to keep that first call in. It was kind of funny. I left you a message. I don't know if you want to listen to that or not. I'm excited to hear the message. So cool. Uh, hey man, appreciate you. Ehop, thank you so much, man. And we'll, uh, we'll see you out on the road this summer. Okay, dude. Hey, thank you very much. I'll come over soon, man. I'll show you got to get to the Hawk's Nest. You got to get to the Hawk's I Nest. I need to get there. I've heard such great things about it, dude. <sighs> it's really the best play. I, I, hey, much love. Thank you for calling me guys. You got it. Bye. Ehop. All the love. See you guys. Bye. You you tell them what a cool place this is, right? Oh, like, dude, it's it's the best. I tell them all. I know. I know you do. We got Tom out. Do. Now we got to get E. We got to get I Nick. I know. It's going to happen. It's the spot to be. It's going to happen. Justin, if people want to uh, listen to your music, if they want to follow you, if they want to just, what are some of the different uh, avenues? So Throw them out at social us. media is going to be South of Eden Band is all of our handles on all the good uh Social platforms, and then um, all wherever you stream music, you name it, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, iTunes, all that good stuff is south of Eden. Thanks for doing this with me, man. Thank you. I've been waiting. We've been. We've been I know. Talking. I know. We've been. We've there's been playing of, this for a while. We got. We'll have to do a part two. As we well. will. We'll, we'll have, have to, to do a part two to say why it took so long to do the part yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. There but, we go. But but not yet. Not yet. We're not there. We're yet. saving that. We'll Appreciate save you, that man. Tell all the guys I said hey, and Nick and Tommy as well, man. Absolutely. Appreciate Thank you. you. Hey, on the next Garage Days, Chris Stein of Picktown Palooza is going to join me in the Hawks Nest. And we're going to call Jack Russell and Robbie Lochner from Jack Russell's Great White. Until then, stay frosty. I'll have to check that out.